Yeah. I'm a gang banging, chain swinging, chopper tones on six, nigga. Pirates, whipper. Louis V slipper. St. Laurent pistol. Gucci on my pickle. Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. I'm your host, Julian. I'm host, Justin. You? We got Antoine with us. How you doing? Mark is in the set. And um, we're going to jump off back because we was just talking about. Uh, <laughs> Derrick Rose MVP season versus Russell Westbrook MVP season. Who would you take? So, does anybody want to start off? Well, I, I want to hear Ant's point of view because he said he was hands down D Rose. Yeah, so. hands down D Rose. Because what we were saying, we we're taking everything into account. So Derrick Rose um, made his teammates better. Um, whether it was on the court and also in the locker room mostly. He didn't show too much on the court, like, emotion-wise, but in the locker room, he did grill his players, and it, it was known. There were stories. Um, <clears throat> he was one of those guys, strong, strong guy, strong-willed guy. He really wanted to win. Same thing with Westbrook, but what Derrick Rose was doing, it, it, I, I don't know. I, don't I feel know like, that. I feel like, here's the thing. Derrick Rose, to me, was and this is hard. He might have been the more exciting player, and this is just to credit how exciting he was yeah. because Russell Westbrook is one of the most exciting players in the NBA. So Derrick Rose's 2011 season was great. He he had he was averaging, like, almost 30 a game. He was averaging probably, I don't even like, know if he was like averaging a double-double. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he was a great scorer. He knew how to get to the basket, finish at the rim, draw contact. Um, he was a tough defense, defender. Better through defense. Tough defender. He's uh, he'll, he could play you full court. Energy. My thing is, you know, you did say he makes his teammates better, and I get it. But I feel like Russell Westbrook had less around him in that year until obviously until uh, no, sorry, he did have less around because this was before Paul George, correct? Correct. Um, Oh. This was the season before Paul George. Yes. When um, Kevin Durant left to Golden State, mm-hmm. and he had to figure things out, right? He averaged a triple-double, first player to do it since Oscar Robinson. Then he did it the next year, and that wasn't an MVP season because credit to James Harden. I mean, you just had to—it was pick or choose at that point as well. You know, Westbrook was running for it. West Westbrook in 2017 made his teammates better. He, he had averaged, obviously, double-digit in rebounds, so I think that's better. He was bigger. Um, the emotion thing that I was getting into Mark, where Mark was saying that, you know, he does prefer the silent assassin over the emotional. I just feel like if you're good enough, I feel like you you can let your emotion speak as loud as you want because you're backing it up, right? So the case of when you're doing it, right, when you're doing it, and okay, so it's like when you're doing it and the dude's not saying nothing, you kind of, I guess, respect it and just see it as like, you know, damn, he's he's doing him, whatever. He's just D Rose. But Westbrook can do it, and then you see what he's doing to Patrick Beverly now. He's cradling the baby when he scores on him. Like <laughs> then he gets him a tech. So it's getting in his head, and he's still doing what he has to do on the floor and executing is the word I was yeah. gonna say. So when you're able to get in your opponent's head, bring your team that energy, make them feel better than they actually are, show them, you know, that you're proud of them and this and that on the court, in front of the fans, when everybody's looking while doing what you have to do and averaging a triple-double and taking your teams to the fourth seed or whatever it was, or fifth seed, I think. Uh, when, he won, when he won the MVP? Yeah. Sixth seed. Sixth seed? Okay. Yeah. Took his team to the sixth seed in the, in the Western Conference after Kevin Durant left. And I think, I don't know, that's why I, I take Russell Westbrook. Also, you said um, you said telling his teammates how, like, good job, good job. But you also showed a lot of negative emotions. For sure, for sure. It comes with it. It comes with it. You go back to like Ochocinco. Ochocinco would tell somebody his route. Mm-hmm. He'll tell somebody what he's going to do and score a touchdown on that play and get and win his team the game. But then when he got mad, he was being, you know, tantrum. He goes yeah. with the tantrum. And it comes with it. Odell Beckham, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, I mean, Odell Beckham right now, I wouldn't take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take the, uh, who can we say, a wide receiver, even is just quiet. quiet. Assassin? Yeah. Hopkins. In a sense, but Hopkins Larry. is talking. Don't believe it. Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry, the legend. Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, yeah. Hopkins is talking. Don't don't. Yeah. yeah. He's not being a superstar and dancing, yeah. but he's talking and telling everybody how trash they are. You know what I'm saying? And that nobody can guard him. And it's true. Adam Thielen looks like he's a silent assassin. I don't yeah. really see him. No, but definitely Larry the Legend Fitzgerald. For sure. So, back to Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook. 
I feel like 2011. When, two, yeah, 2011. 2017. Right. Russell Westbrook. I feel like when you look at D Rose in 2011, like the it was just crazy because I mean normally, I mean this is always pretty much the case. Like they'll look at you know your team's record and they have that kind of like you know dictate whether you win it or not. And then so with them being well, like I think they were, they actually finished what was it first in, in the East that year. Derrick Rose, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I think they might have had the best record. And then, so it's like when you, whenever, yeah, whenever it's well, like, obviously, yeah. So it's, <laughs> so it's like when you look, when you look at teams, like when you look at MVPs, first you look at like their records, right? And like kind of dictates whether you know if they win it, because you know if that kind of dictates or shows like how they ascended their team, right? But it's like like how you brought up like just to get uh, with. Westbrook just to get that team to the sixth seed mm-hmm. in such a stacked West. I mean, you say the sixth seed wouldn't really mean much, but you gotta think they just lost KD. Right. They had really no. Other you scores. have to take into account that. Well, and also, you know, if you want to look at okay, the sixth seed in the West, I, as I put respect on it, the first seed in the East in 2011 versus it's, LeBron James, Dwayne yeah. Wade, Chris Bosh, Miami Heat team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does say something. And then. If you want to put it realistically, Miami had their problems, right, internally. So that led to not being able to have the first seed be the best team and win their first, you know, year together. But I still do respect Derrick Rose taking that first seed. You know, I don't want I don't think it's like the Raptors last year. I feel like it's better than that. I feel like it was just more like a not the same thing away for Derrick Rose, but I feel like it was more Or am I taking away from the Raptors? <laughs> oh. But it was like more of like a complete because I I know they were like definitely top three if not number one in like total team defense, and then right. so like he had more like the supporting cast like they had like kind of like uh, the personnel for you know how everybody had their job right, right. whereas and they when, had you know Luol Deng all star Rip Hamilton who was an all star not at the time but they had, they had veteran Forber, solid veteran uh, Gibson. Carlos Boozer was very good Boozer, at the time. Joe Kim Noah Ronnie was Brewer. one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best defender. I don't mm-hmm. know if he won Defensive Player of the Year that year. Yeah, very good bench. Um, yeah, so yeah they, they were deep. They were deep, and, yeah. and they knew what they were. And they had uh, Coach Thibodeau. Coach Thibodeau, yep. At so, the time. Mm-hmm. 2011 Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's like you look at, you know, Westbrook, and, you know, what can you say? He had Adams. Well, it's not take away from Adams. Adams is, I think, a top five. He doesn't get you 13 and 13. But, like, as far as, like, all right, you need somebody that can defend the, you know, as far as having, like, personnel, mm-hmm. you know, Westbrook really was the personnel. He had to be yeah. that person that's going to defend. 48 minutes a game. He had to, yeah, exactly. He had to defend the perimeter. He had to, you know, score. He had to basically put a lot of the load on his back. And it showed he had to go out, rebound the ball. Yeah. You know, he had to go he out. He had to do everything. He had to do more. Exactly. And more was everything. But there is a respectable argument to say that you like the Derrick Rose matter. You know, for what he fit, he did the job. and Right. That brings us to from 2011 D-Rose to 2018 D-Rose, and he dropped his career high. Like, would you think his career high would have came in 2018 when he was an MVP in 2011? No, and especially, like, after all, the, you know, the surgeries and the injuries and team to team, like, his... That's why everybody's like so happy for him. Like it's like his comeback story, like his like show of like hard, the hard work and heart sure. and like determination. Like he you know, like that he really you know because a lot of people like question like if he really loved basketball. Like but like all the injuries that he you know he went through and like to think you know his fall from grace like where he was to where he is now. I'm, obviously nobody saw this for D Rose's career. Right. D Rose. What's that? My bad to jump in, but personal shit too. Given that I don't know too much about the sports aspect, but but taking into account how like it's personal, how he took a couple L's, that too. Cheating, yeah. how he already has a son. Let's, Westbrook, he, he has a he has a wife. He, he's he's chill. He's sitting, right, right. he's sitting pretty. He doesn't yeah, have a lot he has of a very personal life. life. <clears throat> a cleaner personal life too, from the media leave. Right. So mm-hmm. fucked up knees at that. So health fucking falling. Just imagine you, know, you win an MVP and you're gonna be the MVP next year, hopefully, and, and then, you get hurt. And, and then you come like, back, yeah, yeah, you get hurt. You come back that. and you get hurt. Like literally. So the fact that he had the mental capability to keep going back, keep going back, keep trying in front of everybody, showing that he can't, showing that his knee couldn't at the time, showing that he wasn't the same after the injuries, and proving people right. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he still came out and said, I'm still going to put my all into this. I'm still going to come and play the game that, you know, I grew up to, to do. Yeah. So that it takes comes, a lot of respect. Yeah, it comes as a little bit of a shock to me. But just the fact that he's been playing and he's been a valid key player in, in the teams that he's been playing for along the years, it's still been trouble for him. But I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that, though, because when he went to the Knicks, I understand he had to do because, yeah, he went to the Knicks. So there's a workload yeah, to, to him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When he went to Cleveland... He had no role. He didn't understand what to do with LeBron James on his team being a ball handler, being behind uh, Isaiah Thomas, who's a ball handler as well, who Isaiah Thomas didn't even understand how he was going to play with LeBron. And they had Dwayne Wade at the time. Like, that was crazy. Then he went to, he's now in Minnesota, and obviously with Jeff Jeff T being the the starter, they had Ricky Rubio as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Now the Ricky last Rubio's two teams gone, that and said he's led the he's led the second the second team. The but second. he doesn't have that role of like okay, what does he really really contribute? But that's what I, that's not what I was saying. I was saying he's been key in the position that he's played on all the teams that he's played for. It's well, of not course, like I mean he's not going to be a third a shrub. Trip. That's what I'm saying. So it goes back to my other point in. But he's still not a starter at 25 years, 27 years old. In this in this day and age, and how they play defense. It it doesn't it's not completely preposterous that he went out and did this. You know what I'm saying? Just the fact that he's not. been playing not. and he's been playing consistent and he's been staying healthy, that's still it's Derrick not to Rose say that there. I don't think Derrick Rose can't score fifty Honestly, points. That's not it. I feel like he's been more in his head than anything over these years. And obviously his body probably has some new limitations. Yes. It's definitely been in his head beating him up more than anything. And this is a big hump for him to get over, knowing that he can like this he can do this. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, this could come it obviously not fifty points regularly, but oh, no, you can no, definitely no, no, no. become more of a contributor to the teams that you play for going forward. But then we've we've seen it in a lot of scenarios, not just in cases with you know injuries, but in case you know it's a with a player, you know it's a personnel issue, or mm-hmm. you know it's a team issue, like the type of offense they're running, the, right. the type of system the head coach wants, the personnel around you. It just you know sometimes we you know sometimes guys get lucky, you know on their first try, maybe their second team, but we see a lot of these journeymen just keep hopping around, hop around. To, like look at like a Sean Livingston, yeah, James you know, Johnson, you know James Johnson. But look at it this way. Derrick Rose came back, and he had to switch up his game. So game plans had to switch up around him, and he had to switch up to... Like, he had to, to jump into new systems mm-hmm. while yeah, while switching his own system. Right. Because his game was being faster, more explosive, uh, uh, exactly. stronger. Which led to his injuries. It all, exactly. So... To come back and still know that you know you have to switch, you have to switch it up. Look at Dwayne Wade; he had to switch up his game. Obviously, later in his career and after he did what he had to do. But look at even going into the 2012 championship season, he wasn't at full health. You know what I'm saying? And if LeBron wasn't there, it's you know I don't know he plays. I don't know if he plays as good as he does. Truly, you know what I mean? And just because of what he was going through with his knees and and all the times he's fallen and, and gotten banged up, he went from like 2015. He would sit out fucking. 20 games, you know what I'm saying? It was just Not normal. Back to back. Yeah, it was 20 minutes. Like mental. The fact that he had LeBron is on some, we can win now, so I want to win now. So. But he also still had the Hall of Fame talent in 2012, no, 2013. of course. But like you said, he was, it was the mental. Right. You know, he, he don't know how his legs were going to be, so he didn't want to do all that. For sure. Kudos to D. Rose. Yeah. Other NBA news. No, other discussion. This is what we wanted to talk about. Justin mm-hmm. asked, who's the better shooter, Steph or Clay? Steph. Steph. Yeah. I'm gonna say Clay. Just to I've been, I've, spark some. No, I've been saying Clay for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody says Steph is the you know the greatest shooter. I'm not taking nothing away from Steph as a shooter. Obviously, he's gonna finish in top three best shooters all time. But like when you see, we're talking about just <clears throat> the the pureness. Of the shot and, the, I, and and the art of the shot. Can I have you take something into account and see if it makes you think? All right. The being the best shooter, right? Being a spot up shooter, being able to shoot off the dribble, being able to shoot a fadeaway, like shooting. You, who's better at shooting? Can Clay Thompson shoot off the dribble and handle the ball and shoot the way he does? Steph Curry does. Hmm. No. Talking about like, is I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. Can like Clay dribble the ball and, and create his own shot to where Steph Curry does, and be able to to hoist up a shot that you don't understand how it goes in. Clay doesn't to shoot honest, those type of know. shots. Clay know. shoots clean 
shots off his dribble. He'll make a dribble move. He'll get a screen. He'll hit a turnaround. He has to touch. It's the perfect stroke. It's beautiful. It might be second best shooter all time right now. But being a point guard, being the one who has to come around, being a 6'3 yeah, guy, running around everybody, making a miss, dribbling the ball through your leg, if, through the back, uh, yeah. uh. Like, Steph Curry no. puts the ball in the bucket effortlessly. Forbid, forbid Clay's not around. Forbid Clay's not around, and they get a smaller guy for the one, and Clay, uh, Steph moves to the two. Just whatever. They just do that. And Steph has to play a true two position now to where he doesn't have to really facilitate as much. You know what I'm saying? No, but then again, I don't know. I feel like you're taking away from Steph's game at that point because he can kill you off the dribble. He can kill you ball handling. Of course. I don't think you want to put him But see, now I feel like we're venturing into a different conversation. See, we're talking about shooter. Now you guys are bringing to the fact scoring. Right, right. No. I feel like we're venturing into the realm of scoring. I was still trying to stick with the shooting because if you place him at a two and... But that's not what it is. Let's not be hypothetical. Let's talk about what real life happens and how it's going... In their careers right now, like, cause why are we making up stories if there's stories that are there? That we I mean, about? I'm not making up the numbers. I'm just you're making up the fact that if he went to this position, like, we don't have to. I think Steph is a better shooter right now, even the way he's playing right now, the way Clay is playing right now. So he's a better shooter. I said that's. Yeah. I'll say Steph's a better scorer, but I'll say Clay's a better shooter. We're talking about, the, like I said, we're talking about. Okay, do the stats say it? That Clay's a better shooter. Yeah. I mean, we don't fact check, but. I, I don't think you have this fact check. Just take to. a wild guess. Well, I mean, I Curry's three point shooting career hit stats versus Clay Thompson's. Who do you think is better? On paper. Well, I mean, Steph's been doing it longer. So. It's Steph. I mean, when Clay, Ray Clay, Allen was Clay, in the league Clay, and Steph Clay. was coming out of the league, I mean, in the league, Ray Allen was the best shooter ever. And he was playing longer, and now Steph had played his longer, and he is the best shooter. You know what I'm saying? Clay is, can play a little longer than Steph, maybe, but I don't think yeah, he'll man. ever do what this nigga Steph Curry does, bro. Like, I, that's my argument, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, I'm not taking away from Steph Curry like as the overall player, like what he brings to the but table. But it's not even about playing. I'm, it's I'm about making, your, being, making the shot. It's making the shot. I think Steph Curry can do – he can make the shot in a more difficult circumstance – and in the easy circumstance, so it's like, how, how do you say, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to justify Clay Thompson. I'm, Nigga, I'm going back to my point, bro. If Clay didn't have to, if they didn't rely on him to 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 flow the offense, bro, Steph, he's a point guard. Steph, you, yeah, my fault. Mm-hmm. Steph is a point guard. He has to flow the offense. Mm-hmm. If they, if he was at a different position, or if they had a smaller guy, and it was just a, a different type of backcourt system to where he can be a spot up shooter. Then it's it's wrapped. Steph would have broke the record a long time ago, because that's just not what he does. You know the crazy what I'm thing is that Steph did break the long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a crazy. So thing. it's like, but the re- exactly, bro, the, the records he has exactly, set and, exactly. and at the pace he's exactly. going, it's at the Aaron Rodgers yeah. quarterback pace, yeah. right? Well, yeah, because Steph gets and more Tom touches. Brady, Steph gets more so this is the Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's, Tom Brady, right? It's okay, a, hold on. It's a system. It's, so, so now, how is it the system? So, you put so Steph now, Curry, he's been with the Warriors since he got drafted. So is it the system or is it Curry getting better because he didn't do this when he was in his first five years, right? I'm saying I'm saying the the looks, the volume. If you, if you, yeah, I'm pretty sure if Because Clay, he's making it. You think if he was missing those shots, he would get Clay's the volume? making it too, though. Okay. So I'm saying, but, like, if it... it so then we, what we, is the we've, volume we've, we've seen, We've seen they have... They have the staff and the personnel to be like, okay, this this game it's Steph, this game right, is KD. Right. So I'm saying, if if it came down to like, oh, if they really need to like, let's Clay, Clay, Clay. I feel like Clay could step up and Clay he could can. put up those numbers. He can. Also, when you think about best shooters, but that's putting up but, numbers. But let's but talk be, about shooting. Also, when you think about best shooters ever, shots. you think about like guys like Larry Bird who had height. They had height. Larry. Um, uh, you know, Ray Allen was at least Ray six Allen, four. exactly. Yeah, um, six, four. Well, uh, Steph is like 6'3", I mean. Yeah. But he is little. He is little. If you We're talking about, about, yeah, guys with more height. Um, Peja Stoyakovich. Um, that's, that's not the point guard dirt, position. Dirt. These guys didn't have to... They didn't have to bring right. the ball up court, right. bro. Right. They They're caught the ball and guard. they shot. Players are shooting guards. Steph, Steph Curry made the game. Steph he dribbles the, the ball up court and shoots, bro. That's that's such a that's a different shot. And he exactly. And Clay, if he had to on Steph's night off or Steph's injury run, Clay can't bring that ball up yeah. and make his own shot. Clay, 
I feel like he could, but we just haven't seen him because he doesn't have to. Because he's got, he's, he's you got, see his handle kicked. with the ball. You see it. You see it. He's not Steph Curry with the ball. Yeah, so therefore, touch and go. But that's the thing you're talking Stop about handles. I mean, we don't put it this way. Look, look at Kawhi Leonard real quick. Look at Kawhi Leonard's efficiency, his shooting. He's not going to do. He no can create crazy. his own shot though. Yeah, but he's not going to do all that thing Steph has to do. I mean, Steph's just Steph. Like, it's just as far as, like, handles. Like, yeah, he plays the point card position. It's kind of, you know, you have to have handles. You have to be able right. to handle the ball. Okay, so That's then, what I'm saying. Like, we're just talking about. But then if point, we. Like, but I don't understand. Like, if we. I feel like, damn, we could go to three-point shooting numbers. I just feel like we're, 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 we're mixing that. We're mixing in shooting with scoring. Nah, when, because I'm not even talking about off the dribble. Um, but that's what you, like but inside you, the paint, like. But you talking off about him bring, bringing up no, court? Yeah, and bringing the ball and, up and, court to and, twenty and, and, feet off the three point line and shooting it. That shit is crazy, bro. Like that's not even like making your own play. That's just reckless. That's you having fun on the ball court. I mean, but that's but then you're taking away from Clay for not bringing the ball up. But wow, that's job, listen though. to this three point percentage. Steph Curry forty three. Clay, 44, because it's 438. Clay, 42.0. <laughs> it's close. But both shooting over 40%. Play in the playoffs, three-point percentage. Stephen Curry, 44.408. Clay, 0.409. Um, so now... But, it's not okay, out of... Right, right. And, but did we expect it to be like that, though? Because I did say, I think... It's Steph Clay for best shooters all time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm starting to think Clay Thompson is a better shooter than Ray Allen. You know what I'm saying? In the playoffs, I'm kind of biting that. In the playoffs, Curry's so. not going to take the shots. I, I think when, I, I don't know. I think Clay. Yeah, I, I put Clay over Ray Allen. So I put Steph one and two right. But my thing is, Clay doesn't work for his shots like Steph Curry works for his shots. Teams adjust to Steph Curry ten times more than they adjust to Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson goes off on that night, but that off the dribble, it's he like does. okay. I feel like I'm off the dribble, that. he works. He works good off the dribble, Klay Thompson. He's he's Find great, bro. Klay Thompson's a great. Yeah. But like I said, it's like it's the system because like if, because obviously we've seen when they when they give Klay the nod, they tell him green light. He's like, I mean, there was even talks that in, at at a uh, halftime because at halftime is when he had ten at, right. uh, at half. They said the most you know threes right. of any person at a half. Whatever, and then they was like, Steph went over to him, and was like, "Yo, go get it's it." It's a record. Yeah, but here's go. this. Do you think that? So I'm like, if you give Clay the nod, if you give him the green light, but do you he's think that Clay it. doesn't have the green light? You think if Steph doesn't say that, he doesn't think mm-hmm. that Steph feels that way? No, I'm not saying like. If, do you think that if he shoots the amount of shots he says, Steve Kerr has a problem with it? No, like mm-hmm. every, he has a green light, but you're one of the best shooters ever. Mm-hmm. Your, your light is always on, but he wants him to shoot more. But. Maybe they're playing very good but, defense but they today. They maybe they're too. maybe they're tightening up on defense today, and Steph Curry can make his own shot better than you finding your shot today. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. I just think that with the like, I don't know how to explain it, bro. But Steph Curry, I don't want to bring it to bringing oh dribbling up because mm-hmm. it is that it is that the fact that he can dribble and shoot at instant, no matter how close you are. You right. know what I'm saying? And the fact that if he puts a pump fake, you have to bite it. So the, Clay, you don't have to play that defense on Clay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe I'm just taking the ant roll for this episode. Maybe I'm just saying Clay. You could, it's a, it's <laughs> a Clay, this is Clay. It's a respectable argument because I'm, I'm not going to just say I'm, I'm right, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> <laughs> just cool down for a second. You hear the ring? Oh man. Any other NBA news you guys want to get into? I mean, this is crazy that. By the way, Clay Thompson did drop 52 points. He did drop 52. After Steph Curry in dropped three 51. Because our last episode was called yeah. Steph Curry is alerted to the fourth quarter because he could score 50 in the third and now to play for Look at Clay. And Clay goes and scores 52. <laughs> so I guess we're going to call this when Clay only needs three quarters. Like, it's the same difference. You feel me? Oh, man. No. In other basketball news, right. uh, well, Cleveland. Well, I, hmm. Thoughts. I think... Lonzo Ball has to start and play way more minutes than Rondo. Really? Because, it's, yeah, the stats, when he plays versus when he doesn't play, or when Rondo's in versus when Lonzo's in, mm-hmm. proves. Numbers, I, like, numbers one. Huh? I don't think there's enough games to, to really determine. I feel that. I feel like, here, here this, Lonzo Ball has a better chemistry with his group of boys. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
Rondo's not but as good. But how many of the youngins are are yeah, Kuzma and Ingram? Those are two. Those are the two you talk and about. And Josh Hart. Josh Hart starting? Or is it uh, Yeah, up? he started starting. I, I mean, he started a couple nights ago, so I don't know if that was a one night. or I mean, why would you okay. start him? I feel like right now him. the Lakers are kind of like in flux. Like they're, they're still trying to figure it out. And of I'm, course they are, but that's what happens with a team where you have brand new. It's brand new. Like, they have so many new right. signings this offseason. And when I say them, I mean. Who's the future? Le- LeBron's trying to figure out who he wants to play who's with. Who's the future? Who does it matter to more? Oh, no. Lonzo. Lonzo and Rondo. You know what I'm saying? Oh, future-wise, yeah. So Lonzo. you got to get him the reps. He got to have the experience. He needs to play with LeBron, bro. LeBron will make him better just like he'll make LeBron better. In my yeah, because I feel like you need, like, a true leader of the second unit. And he can actually shoot the three. Well, yeah, well, obviously LeBron leads, you know. And he's playing full-court defense if he wants to. He got really good defense, Lonzo. No, I really do think, yeah, I think Lonzo needs to start because, like I said, I think Rondo leading the second unit would be a lot better for them. You know, for the, the second unit? For the second right. unit-wise and team-wise. But, I mean, why not Rondo? You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't Rondo be good leading the second unit? That's, that's, that's what, no, that's what I said. No, you said Lonzo. No, I said Rondo. Like, I, I think shit is Rondo. Rondo, Rondo, Lonzo. No, I'm saying, like, Lonzo. No, I'm saying Lonzo needs to start for Rondo to, to lead the second unit because I think it would be better for the team and the youth on that team. Right, right. Because, you know, when you know we all see what happens when, when uh, LeBron hits the bench. Sometimes, you know, teams go into airplane mode. Yeah. Anyways, talking about LeBron, Kyrie finally came into uh, full form, dropped 31 points, won the game, because he cut his hair. Is it because he cut his hair, or is it because <laughs> he actually just, he finally, something clicked? What was it? Or maybe he realized that uh, he's, you know... Uh, yeah, I think he was trying to give his youngin' some, some... He's the guy, right? Going. Like, I'm... Yeah. Like, I'm still the captain. Yeah, yeah, like, because, you know, everybody's been talking about Tatum. People are like, hold on, dang. Yeah, I think he kind of had to. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Uncle... But Uncle, are we talking Uncle about Drew, Tatum Uncle because Drew Kyrie's not playing good, or are we talking about Tatum because Tatum's balling? I think both, because, because when, when, no, but we when Tatum... Kyrie's out. That's why we was talking about Tatum. No, we're talking about this year. Oh, well, no. no, this year, because Tatum hasn't been... He's been balling. Yeah, decently. And and since the season just started, you know, last you know last season kind of, you know, obviously, Propelled. yeah, we're, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring in some, some of the stuff last season, you know, happened when... Get his playoffs. You know, you, know Uncle, you know, Uncle Drew wasn't there, and then mm-hmm. now he's picking up right where he left off. Kyrie, you know, was still trying in. to get that, that motor going, you know, because, you know, uh, Tatum really... You know, blossom in the playoffs. So I don't think Kyrie really played with this version of Tatum. Obviously, getting back Hayward. So I think it was kind of you know just Ky- Kyrie had to get yeah he had to get he had to get the motor going. And he finally he finally went off. But other basketball news, I think it's crazy that Tyloo got fired after his first six games as a head coach. That's that's crazy. What was he one and five or zero and six? Nah, he was zero and six. Okay. Um, Obviously, LeBron Ooh. James lost or besides, left. Yeah, besides LeBron, who left? Cleveland. Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Channing Fry. Jay Crowder, Channing yeah. Fry. They lost but this was during the season last year. Yeah. These, these guys left. Now, JR wants out. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll get the first pick in the draft next year. It'll be nice. Probably. Again. And they'll have Colin Sexton group up with somebody, hopefully. Zion Williamson. RJ maybe. Barrett. We don't know. But back to Ty Lue being fired. I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I think it's, it's, we need to we need to take another step, like a step in another direction. All right, Ty Lue. You know, the narrative was that LeBron James was the coach. You know, he dragged him to the finals. Mm-hmm. We saw. I mean, coaching wasn't the factor in why they won games in the playoffs. Um, LeBron had to take over every game. We saw coaching in the finals wasn't great. Now we see coaching this year. Obviously, with a lesser group, and it's not great. One second, and Ty Lue, it's like, all right, we had our four straight finals, right? Runs mm-hmm. because of LeBron. Let's be real. Right. Maybe they're just like, it's a fresh start. The season just started. Let's not wait till, till, till it's too late. Then it's just messing up everything, right? I just feel like, in all seriousness, I feel like, I mean, it could be argued that Ty Lue got this, you know, head coaching job because of LeBron, but at the same time, it's like. You went and made all these moves to cater to one person, and now that that one person's gone, all the moves you made to cater to that one person's team, mm-hmm. now, you're, not gonna fire now you're saying, all right, Tyloo, now we really need you to coach. Now we're going to leave you with the team that was made for LeBron. But I think I feel like you need to give 
Ty Lue his team. And then that's why now, J- now you see J.R. wants out because now you're seeing, you know, the aftermath of Postal Braun. So I just felt like if you're really going to start start from scratch, well, let's see what Tyler could really do if he had his own team, his own locker room. That's true. Because you're just dealing with the remnants of Postal Braun. But then there's also, like I was saying, there's, I mean, you see that Tyler's coaching ability wasn't what was even giving them their wins. You know what I mean? It's not like... Brad Stevens, the Celtics were great last year, and they had a great roster, and, mm-hmm. you know, they had one of the best records from one point in the season, and Brad Stevens had a lot to do with the reason they were winning, right? Ty Lue, when LeBron leads the way, it, it, we're not thinking that Ty Lue's drawing it up. We're not thinking that. When LeBron hit the game winner versus Toronto, Ty Lue didn't draw that up. When he hit the game winner against uh, the Pacers, Ty Lue didn't draw that up. It's just like, what, what, are, we, what are we really working with here? They might have figured out Hey, Hugh Jackson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just figure if you're going to do a title, you just got to hit the restart mode and everything. You got to, Jerry wants out. Anybody who don't want to be there, get him up out of there. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah, exactly. Now's the time because, you know, you start from the head coaching spot, you might as well just let everything else go, in my opinion. But I think that wraps up basketball NBA? for this week. Yeah. Trade deadline and NFL. The winners, the losers, and everything in between. <laughs> Man, um, Amari Cooper is a winner. <laughs> he said Amari Cooper. He is a winner. He got out of there quick. Yes, he did. Quick, quick, quick. The sinking Titanic. Um, I think. Hold on, I'm I'm trying to remember. I think Dominique Rogers Cromarty is a is a winner. Retiring. Oh yeah. Too. He had to get out of Oakland. He had to realize that what this season was was not worth it to his body. He doesn't uh-huh. need this. He's not going to get traded, obviously. Right. So another winner was Houston, right? They get Demarius Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk what? about Demarius Thomas going to Houston. Yeah, because we were talking about them losing uh, Will Fuller Will Phil last week. That was a blow. It's crazy yeah. we say that now next week. Bounce back. We're talking about a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Coming to their team for third round pick was it? No, uh, a seventh and a fourth. Seventh and a fourth. So I mean, yeah, no, that and especially you putting Demarius Thomas with you know obviously you know Watson's still young. I mean, still young, still learning the position. Has tons and tons and tons of potential. So I feel like you know you put he's just around a lot of talent. Like yeah. Lamar Miller m- might not be playing great football this year, but he's talented. Uh, we have their tight end. Is it Fedorowicz? Mm-hmm. Talent. Will Fuller was talented. He went down. Demarius Thomas talent. One, if not the best wide receiver in the game. I said the best. Um, Kiki Kuti, this freaking rookie that came in and he started his first NFL Hopkins game. Hopkins is the best too. Yeah, we'll get into that if you would like. Um, yeah, I just think they have a lot of athletes, a lot of talent. Their offensive line is a little shady. That's that's yeah. That's. That's the thing. And their defense is very talented. So once a quarterback yeah, yeah, has a good defense, yeah. they got Tyrone Matthew this year, J.J. Watt's healthy, Jadavion Clowney's been healthy. We're going to see if they re-sign him next year or how that works out. I don't yeah, think that Houston so. team can turn around. And they it's won five strange. straight. Yeah. So can Demarius Thomas play Denver this week and show them what they're missing? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough because you know this, these are guys you practice against. Yep. You know, it's your first game with a new team, learning their playbook. You know, just to, I don't, you know, I don't think this is gonna be. You but know. I think he goes you have to, you have to remember that 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 inner no, mind that. over matter. You don't know the system, but you know the NFL system, right? You know that you've been a pro for how many years? You know that you've been to the Pro Bowl. You know you've won a Super Bowl with this team. You know you've been to two Super Bowls with this team. You know that. Uh, you can catch the ball at the five-yard line and run it all the way. You know what I'm saying? So all you need to do is make a play and then have that in the back of your mind that this is the team that just traded you and, and you want to show them up. Seven, on the first time you get to play with the new team. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Like, if, if, if he does, I won't be surprised. But I don't want people to, you know, if he doesn't not have it. expected. Of course, yeah, you like, expect I, it, yeah. but, but it's not surprising. Yeah, okay, it's not surprising. Right. Go mm-hmm. to Tate is a Philadelphia Eagle. That was, that was surprising. That was, that was surprising. the third round pick trade. That was confusing. Yeah. So go to Tate, goes to Philadelphia. They can't complain about not having any weapons anymore. I mean, here's the thing Go to Tate plays a slot. He eats the middle. He's one of the best in the league in the slot, mm-hmm. if not 
the best. We can argue that. Nelson Aguilar is Philadelphia's slot, and he's having one of his – well, he had his best season last year in the Super Bowl year. He's having a pretty decent season this year, and they had to miss Alshon for the first three or four weeks, so that kind of hurt production-wise as far as having a deep threat on the sideline and work the middle. Now that you have one of the best – Slot guys, and you have a deep with, threat with your slot guy. Yeah, you have a deep threat. Do you put Golden Tate outside, or do you put Aguilar outside? Where he struggled his first two years in the NFL outside. I, I put I put I put Tate outside and let, I, and let Aguilar keep you know. Yeah, I feel like Tate knows the league more, and he might. I feel like he's just a better receiver in general. He, yeah, exactly. He's more versatile. If you need him to go outside, it's not to say he can't play outside. You know, he right. played outside in Seattle for his first few years. Obviously, he wasn't the greatest. I mean, he had. Who was his quarterback, Matt Hasselbeck? Or, or what was his name? Was it, or, or was it Seneca Wall? Who was it? Back in, like, 2009. Yeah, it might have Yeah, it's probably, I think it was, like, Seneca Right before Wall. Russell Wilson, you know, Russell yeah, Wilson. They, they, like they had Seneca, then they had Whitehurst. Right. They had Seneca. Yeah, they went through a couple people before that, Russell. And he was playing outside, like so. Nelson Aguilar taking the top off on the edge. Okay. Like I said, go, but Golden Tate can take the top off too. No, now. definitely, definitely. So but yeah, no, I definitely Aguilar say you put yeah you put him on younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I feel like at yeah. this point he's faster. you gotta let Tate eat that middle up. Like yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing I feel like. Right. That's where I contradict myself, mm-hmm. but it's when you think about it, Golden Tate is the master of this, right? Mm-hmm. You guys gave a third round pick because you feel like you are win now. This is what you needed. Now you can turn the season around at the eight week mark. Go win a Super Bowl, offense killing it. You have your guy. Nelson Aguilar can still be your guy for the middle in the future after this year. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for time being, let's let. Matter of fact, let's see if this makes you better outside, right? right. Having this threat in the middle, having Alshon Jeffrey on exactly. the other side. Let's see if you can start taking that top off mm-hmm. the defense for real. And learn a little something. Yeah. Because not, let's not forget, you know, they still have Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, you know. Exactly. And uh, Zach Ertz Goddard. A, yeah, Zach Dallas Ertz Goddard. Is eating a lot Two of, tight ends. Yeah, Zach Ertz is eating a lot of receptions. Zach Ertz is having, a, you know, on his way to having a better year than he did last year. Yeah. But let's stay uh, in the NFC East. Rams. Uh, uh, no, Redskins get a little better. Oh. Adrian Peterson is 31, 30, what is he, 31? He is churning. Adrian Peterson is eating. I love it. He also told Saquon Barkley that he's great, he loves what he's doing. Yeah. That's what's up. He so knows he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think, it's, but, I think it's funny that, uh, so, Eagles make the, make the play to go get Tate, and then the Redskins are kind of like, ha-ha, not so fast. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 exactly. They went and got, they went and got themselves a ha-ha. Uh, from Green Bay, yeah. Which I think him with Swearinger, and then you still you know you still got Norman back there, and then that defense was already right. You know a very solid defense. Zach Brown, Paul Kerrigan, uh, yeah. So I I, I really like that move. Mason um, Foster, right? Yeah, I really I really like that move for them. That's a greedy move now, and they're five and two, right? Yeah. So they have first place. The Eagles need to win. Uh, they lost some, you know, they lost versus the Titans in an overtime heartbreaker. They lost. A, they almost lost to Indianapolis in a close game. They need to start dominating wins and, and showing that they're the best team in the NFC East because Redskins, this is right now where, where it's going to go. Cowboys, Redskins, like the Cowboys, if they lose Monday night, mm-hmm. I feel like their season might be done. Yeah. If the Redskins lose and the Cowboys lose, all right, they might have a shot. But I feel like if the Redskins go, go to 6-2, and two, Cowboys lose Monday night and the Eagles win, you got to knock one of them out because at this point it's, it's – I, I feel like I feel like this this three way tie might might last until maybe the last. Dude, I, I don't know exactly when they play each other. I believe that's what I'm saying. I th- I really think that Philly's got to play Washington. The two Giants twice. are going to be the decision maker. We're gonna ruin somebody's season. Not at all. Or we're gonna make somebody's season great. <laughs> the, only, the only season y'all ruin is your own. Keeping well, Eli. no, it's already ruined. Yeah, you, but. When it comes to the NFC East, I swear to God, one of those division matchups will make a difference. Well, I mean, y'all just lost to Washington, so you you just gave Washington. There's like, one. There's, there's one. one. But we, two. And you each, lost to the Cowboys. You get two. And you lost to Philly. So. Yeah, we've lost all three. But <laughs> you turn around and get three more. So. Three more chances to mess up one of them. Exactly. Or all three. Or all three. Yeah. And then, oh. In the same Green Bay, they also let go of uh, Ty Montgomery. Montgomery. They felt that 
This has to be from the fumble. And they just oh, wanted a clean slate. Tom Montgomery lost the game for them. You got Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Two-minute drill. Let him run the ball. Don't take it out the end zone. Get it on the 25-yard line. I mean, the, well, there was there was reports that Tom McGregor was you know, before that was talking all types of trash on you know on the sideline, really? talking yeah, talking about like he wanted to do him, like he was only yeah. being it for him, it, mm. yeah. And then you know people on the time like, like, like told him down, and then Aaron just came over like like what are you bro, what are you doing? Like told him like yeah, he was like wilding. So I wow. think that so him doing that and then him at the point where they're kind of yeah, and then. On the other side of the ball, the Rams got a little better too. I, I think them playing and Rodgers talk, learned them a little something, saying we needed to get to the quarterback because yeah. that game was close. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they do? Aaron Dante Fowler Jr. Dante my Fowler, boy, yeah. my boy from Florida. Yeah. They traded for him. Todd Gurley's excited, um, but yeah, Dante Fowler was the third pick in the 2015 draft. The reason he's not excelling as much as possible. Is yeah, I mean it might be some part on him, but it's also well. He got, he got off. He got off to a bad start. I mean, his rookie well, year, he he, a, he missed it the whole year with a torn ACL. Then he goes into a second year. His team goes and gets Calais Campbell, right? And then Gakwe. Then in Gakwe. And then so know, yeah. they're trying to find room for him, and then he's just trying to exactly. find his way back. Exactly. And now you got Pro Bowl talent all across the line. Team goes to the AFC Championship. If it don't break, don't don't fix, if it ain't broke, mm-hmm. don't fix it. So. They just figured, you know, next year they're going to have to exercise his option or not. They declined it. We don't want to pay him. We have these guys. Let's get something for it. And then, and then if you're a Father Jr., you're going to a team that, you know, the interior. Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl contender. You know, the interior is on, on, on lockdown. You know, you got Sue, you got Donald. So you ain't got to really worry about another pass rusher, I guess, quote, unquote, Taking your spotlight, taking your shine. You don't got to worry about fighting for reps, fighting for minutes, fighting for snaps. Like, as far as Pat, like, they brought you there for one reason and one reason only. Your job is to get to the quarterback. So let Donald, let Sue eat up the middle all they want. Your job is on the edge. They brought you there to get to the quarterback. That's all you got to be focused on. Just point A to point B. That's it. Are there any other trades that you want to talk about? No, I think that we're talking about winners and losers. I'll say that the winners are the, is, is uh, Houston Texans. You know, because we're talking about it last week. So getting a, getting getting a veteran in the Mayor's Thomas, who I think can find a second win, because he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Right. You know, with the Peyton, Trevor Simeon, Jackson yeah, Lynch. Yeah, and then when they had Peyton, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, he got lost in the quarterback shuffle, mm-hmm. and then you know switching from Peyton to you know other quarterbacks that they want to be run heavy, right. pass heavy. They went and get you know Wes Welker. You know, then they had uh, Emmanuel Sanders. The guy they were the head of Emmanuel Sanders, and then they had Eric Decker. So they had Julius Thomas at tight end. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like he just kind of got. And I don't think it's his fault, really. I just think that he got lost in, you know, what the team wanted to do as, you know, right. their identity. And that's why John Elway like did that. come out and say that he was happy for Demarius Thomas, you know, not happy to trade him because he knew how great he is, but it wasn't the fit, and mm-hmm. he knows that the Texans are a contender, so he's yeah. happy that he's, he can go continue his career. And then I feel like the losers... I don't know. Did the I, Cowboys give up too much? I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah I feel did the Cowboys, Cowboys give up too much as a first-round like pick for Amari Cooper? I feel like they did. My thing is... the. This can turn around their season where they do have a few divisional games coming up. They can't. This is a team like the AFC South, the NFC East. Those games are always close. The division can go anyway because it's wins and losses in that division that kind of make the picture. Last year, obviously, the Eagles had a great season. There was nobody was going to stop that. But uh, with the Cowboys getting Cooper, you know, this puts them in a chance where maybe their offense can be more dynamic. They almost beat the Redskins. Redskins almost lost a game where a five-yard penalty might have been the reason that he missed the field goal and they don't tie it and go to overtime, right? Um, the Cowboys haven't played bad football. Their wide receiver, well, they've had, they played bad football coming out. They turned it around. Their running game started picking up. Dak Prescott's playing pretty good, and they have a respectable 4-4 record, which nobody in the NFL except the Rams, the Saints, and the... You know, the Redskins do have five wins, but this, mm-hmm. it's four four across the board average, and um, and the Patriots as well. But, yeah, I just think that this gives them a chance to, to open up their offense and do they see, all right, yeah, we gave first-round pick, but our first-round pick this year would have been 
a wide receiver anyway. Or it would have been a later pick. It wasn't going to be a top 10, 15 pick. It, it'd still be maybe like 16 and back or even 15, right? Mm-hmm. So Amari Cooper's a 22, 23-year-old guy. He's Adam, 24. Is he 24? Yeah, I think he's 24. I mean, in the NFL, that's even better. In the NBA, obviously, maybe a little younger is to where you're going to enter your prime. But in the NFL, you know, it takes time to learn. He had Derek Carr, and now he has... Dak Prescott. I don't know. I think it's I think it's good, but it's a risk. They took a risk. So who do you have as winners and losers? I like the Texans winning that that trade deadline. Um, I think I think the Lions lost, right? Because well, damn, it's hard because it, it, I see why they did it. He's thirty years old, right? And you're gonna have to to redo this team somehow and get better. So you're gonna have to look for the future, but. The Lions did beat the Packers. They play the Vikings this week. They could have beat them with Golden Tate. They still can, I guess, but with, you're just dumbing your chances down. Say you did beat them with Golden Tate. Um, you just you, you can win. You see the running game. on Johnson's having a good year. See what you can do in your first year as a head coach instead of trying to just blow it up the first year, right? I mean, that's that's what I thought. So. I don't, just a quick, quick thought on that. And a third-round pick? Honestly, if Cooper went for a first-round well, I think when they got back, yeah, they got back a third round pick. I think that's I think that's reasonable. Like you said, he's thirty years old. Um, I think for them, I don't think it's a blow up. I think they looked at it as they looked at it as the offense. You know, we got carry on. You know, we got blunt. You know, for short yardage. But I think what led to this was the kind of uh, the rise of uh, uh, Galladay. And then they know what they have in Marvin Jones Jr. Right. That's why they got him. Right. So I feel like they they kind of looking at it as Golden Tate kind of took away from Marvin, and then they know what Marvin can do. They realize what he can do, so they kind of want to give, put him and push him in the number one spot, right. and you know, and put that on him. I think they think that he can step up, and then Galladay has you know done great with you know the reps that he's done, and you know he's gotten you know hundred yard. They game. did lose Eric Ebron in free agency, and he so, put up seven touchdowns in eight games this year. But I just think that that was just. I don't, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. But then again, Patricia couldn't come in and, and make it work with him, you know. But I don't, I don't he, think they really like tight end is like where they, they right. set, like in their system. I don't think tight yeah, ends are big. Deep, like, yeah. yeah, I don't think tight ends a big you know need for them. But I, 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 I thought that was good for both teams. I thought both teams won on that. So let's get into. You had to say something. Houston won. My bad. Um, Dallas lost. Yeah. So you agree with Justin? <laughs> so we're gonna get into the Rams going to the road versus New Orleans, eight and zero, six and two, or six and two or six and one. Six and one. They had the bye week. Six and one. Um, Drew Brees coming off of a historic week. Obviously, Michael Thomas is having a great year. Alvin Kamara is having a uh, exceptional exceptional year. year. And Mike Ingram just fit right back in Just like we knew he would But they're coming off of a Tough win Right? Versus Minnesota They beat Minnesota, right? Yeah, yeah. Tough They they took over they, they ended up taking it Later in the game But it was a tough win And um, No defense They want to show that They're the best team in the NFC Right? Mm-hmm. This win can Can kind of determine Who's the better team In a sense You know, you can Because Drew Brees came out and the Saints week one lost to Tampa Bay. Nobody thought Tampa Bay was going to put up 400 passing yards and 45 points on the Saints defense, right? Okay, got away from them. Five, six game win streak since then. The Rams almost lost this game versus the Packers, who's a tough NFC team. Um, And they were literally one Aaron Rodgers possession away from probably losing, right? So these teams are close. And they almost, you know, the losses, the wins, that might not matter tomorrow or Sunday when they play. We're going to see firsthand who's better. Because, you know, there's games where it's like, oh, yeah, it was a game, you know, that's not saying they're better. They beat us on that day. I feel like this this, this week is big. Mm-hmm. Circled on each of their calendars. Know that this is a big NFC matchup. And it could be a matchup that they see each other later in the playoffs. So they want to make sure that they and, take this one. And definitely I think that Saints – really want home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think both teams do. I think uh, I think Saints need it, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, Los Angeles wants it. 
So this is going to be an interesting game, especially them going to the, to the Superdome. I think I think Los Angeles needs it just as much as yeah. uh, New Orleans needs it. Jared Goff going on the road in the postseason is going to be tough. I don't think he's done it. Last year he played one game. He was at home versus Atlanta. Couldn't win. But 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 if you, if you watch that, that that Green Bay game, there's so many Green Bay fans there. It was like yeah, but when the playoffs come, you're not gonna tell me that. And then, but then again, I was gonna say I don't know if that's because you know because L. A. had like six different home games that right. day. You know, I mean, and plus Packer fans travel. But I don't know. I feel like there's just something about the super, like the dome. There's something about like sure. having to go through there that is me. It means a little more, you know, especially for, especially for the Saints. Yeah, like I feel like it'll be tougher for the Rams to go there than the Saints to go to L. A. Right. I hear that. LA goes to nine and zero off hmm. of defense. They're gonna get to the quarterback more. They're gonna get to Breeze more. We and see Fowler. We see Sue. Pressure we on. We see uh, Aaron Donald. It's gonna be a lot of Saints three and outs. I feel like. Wow. Yeah. I feel I have the Saints winning this game. They're in the dome. You know, I think that that win streak. You know, they're they're catching fire at the right time. Mm-hmm. That win streak's gonna keep going. Um, every, that offense is just playing phenomenal right now. Um, I think there, you know, the question marks that we saw uh, from golf and the offense last week against the Green Bay defense. That's that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, they're not bad. They're okay. I think you know, Saints Saints have a little more to offer. Like I said, especially them being at home. I think that you know, when it comes down to game management and stuff like that, that Drew Brees is going to handle it well. And I, I got the Saints taking this one at home. I got, I got LA. I think. This is what went. I think they have the best coach in the league and they have the best player in the league, right? With having the best coach, they saw that they played a tough Green Bay team where they could have lost the game, as we just said. This week was film study, film study, film study. McVay is a genius when it comes to it, right? He knows the right moves to make to the adjustments he has to do to not let himself get back or this team get back to that position. I don't think anybody in the NFL has an answer for Gurley. Right. We've seen Alvin Kamara be contained, you know, and then Drew Brees will go and light you up. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen Todd Gurley go and get contained. Like, we've seen you contain Jared Goff. We've seen Jared Goff throw for 400 yards. Nobody's stopping Todd Gurley. And I don't think the Saints defense is going to have enough to stop him. I think he runs for over 100 yards, catches for Easy. over 50, and scores two to three touchdowns. It, that's what it's going to take for them to win. Todd but Gurley we over see that, 150 We yards. see that the the... Rams' defense is great. I mean, obviously they lost a keep to leave, and it showed their defensive backs weren't, you know, as as they weren't holding it down as much. But what do they do? They make you release the ball quicker with all these pass rushers. And I think when you get a keep to leave back, it's only going to make them that much better. So I think um, the dome isn't isn't going to be the factor with with the smart coaching and, and communication that Goff, McVay, and Gurley have. Next game, next game, New England at home, correct? New England at home. Against Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, a battle of the best quarterbacks All in the, the league. second time. In their, in their careers, right? In their careers wow. that they've gone head-to-head. And Brady came out victorious in that one? I believe so. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, probably. Most likely. I, would, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's only the second time, so I they, would they, bet they, on it. They probably, they probably played a while ago. I, to be honest, this, I don't remember the last time they played. You could have told me this was the first time they played. I would have believed you. And it's just crazy because this is one of those matchups where, you're like, when you hear like, "Yo, I can't wait, I can't wait," because you know what's gonna happen. Like when you have these, you know, when you have like Breeze and 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 uh, and Brady or Breeze and Rodgers, yeah. bro. Like when you have these like these quarterbacks just yeah. dueling, just going at it. Two legends going. I mean, at we it. even seen it with Mahomes and Brady. Mahomes and Brady went at Brady it. Had it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a young buck coming coming in and saying like, you know, I'm gonna be I'm here, here for many years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be here for many years doing this. So to see two veterans, two of the, two of the best, not only in the league right now, two of the best that we've ever, ever seen. seen. Yeah. Like probably the top top three, top two. They, top you, two. You can, they can be a top two. I mean, versus each other. This is gonna be this is gonna be great. Yeah. Um, Who wins? I want to say Rogers. I really do, but especially because you know how Brady and you know the game looked against Buffalo. But 
I mean, it's just, it's just one of those games. It's, you know, divisional games turn out like that. It is, you know, whether, you know, the team is, you know, under, you know undefeated or hasn't, you know, won a game. Like, the divisional games just turn out like that. I feel like... So, and, and trust me, I know that but Buffalo just has that effect on on people in the division or people in the league in general. They'll, they'll catch you off guard. By the way, it was in 2014, Aaron Rodgers beat... Tom Brady, 26-21. Who was, at, who was at home that game? You see? Mm. I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like Rogers was at home, had to be at home that game. And that goes to what I was going to say. I think Aaron Rodgers beats Brady once again. And this is sort of like the uh, the passing of the torch. You know yeah, what I'm at saying? At Green Bay. At Green Bay. So this time, Brady's home. I think Brady this is, this is the official passing of the torch for Aaron Rodgers to reign supreme in the league as the best quarterback undisputed. There, you can't make that argument. You can't make that argument. Huh? He's not the best no. quarterback. After this season, he's going to win today. Brady doesn't have much longer. Honestly, when Brady retires, Aaron Rodgers will be the best quarterback in the league. That's what I was talking about. This would be the official because they don't play often. So it's going to be on some okay. boom. Brady's leaving on two losses okay. against the now best quarterback in the league. I just feel like where the Patriots are now, this is like, this is the Patriots' time of the season. Right. Like, you know. At home. Yeah. Right. Cold. This, yeah, like, this is that's the time of the season where they start just racking up wins and start running away with the division. That happens every year, <laughs> you know. And I then, mean it. And then, just, don't get me wrong, like, as bad as they played, or as good as Buffalo played, or as bad as they played against Buffalo, however you want to put it, I think they're going to bounce back. And if you're talking about high styling and profiling, talking about, I mean, Brady can do it. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers slinging it is probably one of the best, but Brady at home, Brady's, don't get me wrong, it might be week eight, week nine, Brady's still got Super Bowl on his mind. For sure. And, I, and right now, Green Bay is just trying to, Hopefully get playoffs. So. so are we just gonna say whose defense can sustain it longer? I don't feel like it's. An, I, I feel like when it comes down to two great quarterbacks like that, I don't feel like the defense is even an issue. I feel like it comes down to game management. Really. Who gets the ball last? I, yeah, I feel like it comes down to game management, time management, clock management. Like I feel like it comes down to who manages the game. Not necessarily like the because they both. Really they both. These teams do have. To, they do establish a run game, right? James White, Sony Michelle have been playing solid all year, and they've been helping the Patriots open their offense. Aaron Jones, help of Ty Montgomery, and uh, under, I forgot the other one in the back. Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. Sorry. Uh, well, shit, Ty out of there, so it's probably just going to be Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Jones opens up yeah. that offense to be able to throw when he plays good. And even if he doesn't play good, it's not to say that he can't throw. And it's not to say that when James White and Sonny Michelle don't have a good game, Tom Brady can't throw because he has the best tight end in the game. And he has a vertical deep threat. And Julian Edelman coming back. You know he came back. So, But to show the effort coming off of last week versus the worst team in the league, literally, with the worst quarterback problems, to play a close game until the end. Like, it was a pretty close game. And then there was the interception that really sealed the deal in, like, the early fourth quarter. The Packers are coming off a week where they feel like, damn, we could have just beat the best team in the league and been, you know, respected as one of the best NFC teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on the road. I get it. Yeah, it's Brady. I get it. But there's still order of business. And Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, is just that much more hungry knowing that I cannot drop two straight to Jared Goff and then Tom Brady. I just feel like the Packers are in a state of flux right now. I feel like they're like they're just scrambling and trying to trying to figure everything out. Like I said, they're just trying to hope and just claw to figure out how we can make the playoffs. Brady's just like I don't feel like they're. But does it come down to that in this game? Sorry, not to cut you off. Does it all come down to that when we talk about two great quarterbacks? When they get on the field, does like the Packers mumbo jumbo in the front office really really gonna determine this game? No. I feel like it might. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll hinder or or uh, take away from the performance that we see from both these quarterbacks. But as far as coming down with a win, because we have to think, win comes down to the team. As much as we put Packers defense, as, as much as they put pre- as much as we put pressure and praise the quarterback, and talking about wins and losses, winning is a team effort. So we're talking about performance wise, what we're gonna see from these two quarterbacks. I have no doubt they're gonna put on the show. Numbers tell me. But we're coming down to a win. 
Brady at home, like I said, bouncing back, however you want to call it, against Buffalo. They're, they're already they're in that point of the season where they're trying to take the division. They're, they're looking at first place. They're looking at top of the AFC, and then they're looking at Super Bowl. So it's just it's blinders on full front. And Aaron Rodgers is looking at it like, we're not going to lose two straight on the road. We need to win to make the playoffs. We need to sustain some 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 energy. We need to we need to find it no matter which way. I don't care. And I don't see the the Patriots just so ran so easily just running through a six game win streak. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think in the end, Patriots have enough Six to, to games. pick it up. They won five in a row. I feel like numbers ain't on their side. I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to go in there and handle business. Jimmy Graham hasn't really popped, right? Devontae Adams is unguardable right now. Patriots defense is, is suspect to some. Played pretty good against Mahomes. Well, no, they shot it out against Mahomes. Um, I don't know. I like Rodgers in this matchup. It's going to be a good one. It is. It is. Get some popcorn ready. Be in front of the TV at 8.20 sharp. Sunday night. So we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Episode 7, Season 2. Hey for Angelina, tongue like Anaconda, lips like Angelina, ooh, B is for Bianca, she was a ballerina, now she just a stripper, making singles to my singles, ooh, C is for Chiquita, put banana on Chiquita, introduce me to Diana, fuck Diana with Chiquita, so D is for Diana, Diana like it deeper, so I get in her stomach like my Lanta at my leisure, and these are my bitches, my alphabet bitches, yeah, these are my my bitches, my alphabet bitches, these are my bitches, my alphabet bitches, oh, these are my bitches, my alphabet bitches, I swear to drunk I'm not God, yeah. drops microphone, oh, but I swear to drunk I'm not God, no, and the E is for ebony, that pussy heavenly Lord knows I'll be swimming in that thing like an aquarium The F is for Felicia Freaky ass Felicia Oh, I treat that pussy like a sleeping bag Felicia The G is for Gina That pussy so convenient I mean it Oh, she treat my dick like jalapeno And my cum like Aquafina She needed the H for Holly just like Holly grow And the I is for Ivanka Don't let Donald know and the J is for Joanne, I just call her Joe. What goes around comes around, K for karma, so these are my alphabet bitches. Alphabet bitches, these are my bitches, my alphabet. These are my bitches, my alphabet bitches. These are my bitches, my alphabet bitches. I swear to drunk, I'm not God. Drops microphone. I swear the drunk, I'm not God. Yeah. The L is for Lisa. She like my libido. We do the La Bamba. I'm so multilingual. The M is for Melanie. She like my melodies. Don't like my baby mamas. She be so negative. The N is for Natasha. And my little mama. She holla at me when she want that Oscar Maya. She got a man, she tell me, please do not remind her He not romantic, I'ma sing from Casablanca, ooh She swallowed a whole enchilada, ooh She get off her knees and say they not her, ooh She asked me, what's the reason for the chopper? Girl, it's a jungle out there, ask Mufasa, oh It's for Olivia and the P It's for Patricia and the Q it's for the queen, the R is for Raven, and the S is for Charlene. These are my bitches, my alphabet bitches, bitches, bitches. And these are my bitches, my alphabet bitches, bitches, bitches. I swear to drunk, I'm not God, no. Drops microphone. I swear to drunk, I'm not God. Mm. 
the teeth for Tatiana. She could put her legs behind her. She could bend all the way over. I just thank the Lord for that yoga and the youth. It's for Uma, the position of Suma. She's so flexible. We try angles like Bermuda and the V is for Vanessa. Voluptuous Vanessa, the W is for winter. I'm under the weather and the X is for my exes. Fuck them all together. The Y is for Yolanda, the Z is for Zelda and D. All my alphabet bitches These are my bitches, my alphabet bitches These are my bitches, my alphabet bitches I swear to drunk I'm not God Drops microphone I swear to God I'm not God Drops microphone I'd rather park and not drive Drop styrofoam I can't talk, I might cry yeah. I say I be on some G shit I be on some G shit Check that other nigga for that Louis shopping spree shit Not me, bitch, no You won't rob me, bitch, no I said I be on some G shit I be on some B shit When it comes to bitches I be on some A to C shit I'm me, bitch Shit like ABC, one, two, three, bitch To me, bitch I'm the alpha The alpha D-O-G, bitch S-R-Y for the W-A-I-T, bitch